It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Another edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. The Blue Jackets haven't played for what seems like forever, right? It does seem like it to me. To have three days in between games is almost crazy the way this season has gone. But that is the situation that the Blue Jackets are in. The last game they played, they won. They beat the Detroit Red Wings in a shootout by the score of one to nothing. Hey, look, there wasn't a lot of goals in the game. In fact, there was one early that was waved off, didn't even count. But the funny thing about that game was... There were so many turnovers and so many mistakes that it actually made the game exciting. And Elvis Merzlikens gets a shutout and all is well in Blue Jackets world. And now they get to go to Carolina and take on the Hurricanes tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. So with uh, all of all of the uh, enjoyment of the win, maybe it is a good time to have three days off in between games because they won. Snapped a nine-game winless streak, enjoy it for a couple of days, and then get back at it in Carolina tomorrow. But uh, with uh, everything that's going on here, I thought in today's show, we would take uh, a little bit of a look at the future or the potential future of the Blue Jackets by talking about some prospects. I'll fill you in a little bit more right after I tell you about Telhio Credit Union. Back in 1934 is when the folks at Telhio Credit Union said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put our customers first. First and foremost, that's what they are. No exceptions, no questions. That's the rule. And that is still the rule to this day. That's how they treat their customers. So if you would like to know why you should join a credit union, if you would like to know the services that they offer, if you'd like to know the perks that they put with those services, you can find out all of that information by going to their website at tellhio.org. Go there, surf around, click on the different tabs. You'll be able to find the answers to your questions. If there's something you cannot find during business hours, live chat option on the right side of the screen, click on it. Somebody will pop up on your screen and they will be able to answer whatever it is that you want to ask. Tell Ohio Credit Union, the question for you is, why join a bank or be with a bank when you can join a credit union that'll put its customers above everything else? You know the answer. Go to Tell Ohio Credit Union on the web at tellohio.org. All right, let's talk a little bit about some prospects here today because the Cleveland Monsters have quietly, quietly here, because we haven't talked about them a lot, and that's not completely fair. But it's a year in the American Hockey League that has been shortened because of COVID. Uh, It's been very strange because of COVID. There's been a taxi squad in Columbus, which means a lot of players that would have been in the American League are not because of COVID. So uh, we haven't talked about it enough. And now with the Blue Jackets just playing out the string here, You want to look forward to the future and talk about some guys that may be part of the mix here. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's beyond next year. Who knows? And I thought the best way to do that is to get in touch with somebody that is watching the Cleveland Monsters every day, day in, day out, on the road, at home. Right now he is on the road as we go to Texas and catch up with the voice of the Cleveland Monsters, Tony Brown. Well, Tony, you're in the great state of Texas today and... I'm guessing it's the furthest that you've traveled all year because the American Hockey League is very regionalized this year, uh, much more than it usually is. Is that right? 
That's true. Yeah, we uh, are playing uh, uh, by far the farthest away from Cleveland that we've played this year. Uh, I've actually been, um, you know, in this this COVID year where we're, you know, not around the team as much. You know all about this, Bob, but uh, I'm not traveling with the team. So I was thankful that I could uh, fly down here so I wouldn't have to drive the uh, team van that I've been driving around this season all the way down to Texas. So happy to be here in Austin and uh, and just happy to be doing road games this year. A lot of guys in the AHL uh, in our job here. Um, you know, haven't been able to get on the road. So, so very thankful for that. Yeah. And I was going to tell you, I am jealous you get to do all the games on the road, but I don't know if I want to drive the van. I mean, I was there at one point during my minor league baseball career. Uh, you know, we used to go on road trips. My job was to rent the car that the coaches would use and I chauffeured them to the ballpark, uh, every day back and forth. But, um, you know, what's it like? So what are you driving an equipment van or what? Well, actually, it's uh, it's this giant 15 passenger sprinter van, uh, you know, one of those big white vans you see on, on the road there that the monsters have that we used in a normal season to help with uh, shuttling the gear and, and you know, maybe uh, taking a few guys off the bus uh, to, to alleviate things a little bit. But, but I'm riding solo. So that's that's a big vehicle for me to just, uh, you know, be, be taken on my own. But uh, it's been weird, but it's been it's definitely been a memory. And, and we'll all remember all the weird in, in, uh, intricacies of this season, I'm sure. Well, driving that to the game or actually to a city and going to a hotel or going to the rink, that's one thing. But what about going through the drive throughs? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm not. That's been a problem all year, Bob. I'm not sure of the clearance on that vehicle. I got to get the uh, tape measure out and get a get a good number on that. I've been a little nervous about taking the team van through the drive through. So uh, that that's yeah, I, I you know, the season's uh, almost over at this point. So I really probably should have figured that out by now. But I, yeah, well, well, here's what you did figure out. Don't take it back with a dented in roof because then you're not going to be allowed to do road games again. Bingo. You got it. That's the number one priority. So, <laughs> so, so again, the American Hockey League has been really strange. Everything is regionalized here. How many different teams have you played this year? Uh, so we, we are playing everybody in our division uh, with the exception of Iowa, uh, which is a, a little too far away to, to practically travel to uh, this season. And then we're also playing one team out of the North division, which is normally the monsters division. We were put back in the central for this season, just for geographic reasons, but uh so we're playing Rochester and then uh, what uh, all but one of the other division teams. So five opponents altogether. Wow. That's, that's crazy. And of course, you know, we've only played seven opponents uh, all year long and it's, I don't know what your feelings are. I've said this all year long here. It, it feels like you're in an eight team league. I mean, I very seldom pay attention to what the flyers or the penguins or the Rangers or the Bruins or anybody's doing because it has no direct effect on what goes on here. Do you find the same thing in your league? Yeah, it, it's certainly, uh, you, you know, that's sort of the deal in the AHL these days anyway, that you play mostly within your division with a few exceptions uh, in a normal season. But yeah, it's it's really like, you know, the divisions are their own little league. Like you said, I, I just am happy that the Monsters are in a position where we can play a few more teams than say uh, uh, the Canadian division who are just, you know, there's four teams in the AHL and they're all just playing against each other exclusively. And then, of course, uh, the Atlantic Division has just Providence, Hartford, and Bridgeport, and that's it in the entire division. So those guys, uh, I guess, have some pretty good travel. But aside from that, uh, they're seeing themselves all the time. So, um, you know, it's it's uh, you know we talked about in the NHL this year how how those players um, are getting used to the whole you know series concept and playing the same team multiple times in a row. That's kind of how it is in the American Hockey League. So it hasn't really been that strange this year. 
uh, although it would be nice to sprinkle in uh, maybe a West Coast road trip or a couple other opponents. So we haven't been able to do that this year. What's been the protocol for the players in the American Hockey League? Like right now, you guys are in Texas. You're there for uh, three games in four days. So what are the players allowed to do? In the NHL, it's basically the hotel, the arena. Uh, you can go outside and take a walk. But other than that, uh, that's the end of the list of what you're allowed to do. What's it like in the American Hockey League? I mean, it's similar. Um, uh, I, I know the biggest impact on, on travel is that we have two buses now instead of one. So the players are spread out a little bit more in that way. They're tested throughout the week multiple times. But the rest of it, I think, is just uh, it's kind of up to the players to to keep themselves as isolated as they can. Of course, on the road at this level, you got to go out and get a bite to eat uh, now and again. And, and it's a shame to be in a great city like Austin and not be able to enjoy, uh, you know, enjoy the city on an off day like today for the for the group. But I think it's just uh, putting it on the players and, and everybody sort of being personally accountable for for their exposure and, and all of that stuff. But uh, I think the good news is um, that that everybody's bought in. Everybody understands the concept and, and everybody's willing to sacrifice a few things if it means we can get through the season uh, in, a, in a healthy manner and be able to play as many games as we can. Yeah, and look how lucky you are in Cleveland. As you mentioned, there's so many places that you can travel to and you can do it in a reasonable amount of time. You're in Austin, Texas right now, and the Texas Stars, they there's nothing close. I mean, once upon a time, there was a team in Houston. There was a team in San Antonio. I know when they put Austin in the league, one of the things was, all right, let's get another Texas team down here so they can play against these guys. Well, uh, Houston has moved on to Iowa. Uh, San Antonio has now moved on to Henderson, Nevada after being bought by the Vegas Golden Knights. So you've got the Lone Star team in the Lone Star State now, right? <laughs> it's true. And, 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 you know, similar deal with the Colorado Eagles, who are the new uh, uh, affiliate of the, of the Colorado Avalanche. Um, yeah, Texas is doing all kinds of things with their schedule this year. They're technically in the Central Division, but I know they've been going out to California, uh, you know, to play the teams out there. And, and yeah, it's, it's a challenge, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, the geography of the American Hockey League, as you, as you mentioned there, has certainly evolved. But uh, for Texas, yeah, I mean, you know, their, their home games mean a lot because the road games, a lot goes into getting there, for sure. Well, some good news came out yesterday for the American Hockey League. Uh, two different things. Number one, how the season is going to wrap up. And there are no playoffs this year, which I think is very disappointing, uh, especially being with the Blue Jackets. And it would be nice to have some guys continue to play and play in the playoffs. It's not going to happen this year. Uh, one of the divisions, I'll let you talk about this. One of the divisions is going to have a little tournament, but everybody else, when the schedule's over, it's over. Uh, so there was that bit of news. But the really good news was that next year's dates came out. And it's already been specified You'll start on the 15th of October. You'll end on the 24th of April. And as we all hope to get back to normalcy in our lives, that's got to be a great thing to see, Tony. It, it really is. And that, that was, uh, you know, for me, the big headline out of that release from the league yesterday. Uh, you know, we all expected that the playoffs, is, as tough as it is to, to not have something to play for at the end of the season, you understand why in this situation. I mean, there's just a lot of moving parts. And, and of course, building availability for all these teams plays into it. And course what the players want plays into it too so disappointing but when you only play 28 games in a regular season if you're going to hand out the Calder Cup maybe it uh, would would be one of those years asterisk in the eyes of a lot of people uh, for whoever wins so um, yeah for me the biggest uh, thing was not that uh, unfortunately we're not going to have any playoffs it was that uh, it looks like the AHL next year is going to be back to normal and, and with a full schedule like you said starting in October ending in April. So we hope that means, and we assume that means a, a return to a full 76 game campaign. 
um, which is really, uh, that's been the goal all along throughout this return to play process. You want to get the players back on the ice. You want the, to give the prospects a place to, to play and not to have them go so long a calendar year or more without games. But at the same time, you didn't want to do anything that would set back the league returning to normal uh, for next year. And, and so uh, fortunately that hasn't happened. And, and uh, yeah, just looking forward to, to hopefully getting back to it next year. It, it, it's going to be strange, I think, after all this time uh, uh, to get back to normal, but uh, everybody's looking forward to it. And, and uh, you know, 76 games, I got to say though, Bob, all of a sudden after a year off and then you're playing 28 games this year, that, that sounds pretty daunting all of a sudden, but, but I know we're all excited to, <laughs> we're all excited to get back into a normal frame of mind, get back into the routine. And, you know, like for guys in our position, it's just been a difficult year to connect with, with the players to really uh, know what's going on at the, to the extent that you normally do. I mean, you're not traveling with the team. You're not really at practices or at, at morning skates as frequently, and, and you're doing interviews through zoom and, you know, everything's just a different sort of relationship. It's funny. I was uh, checking into the hotel the other day, traveled down here separately and uh, saw one of our players, Brett Gallant in the lobby. And it occurred to me, this is the first time I'm talking to him uh, all season long, which is crazy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be great to get back to it next year. I know, again, that was the whole goal throughout this process was just to get back to normal for 21, 22. And it looks like that's uh, what the AHL is planning on, which is terrific. Yeah. That relationship you talk about, you know, here it's one thing, because if I talk to a Cam Atkinson or Seth Jones, you know, they've been here for a while and, and they know who I am. So at least when we're talking on the computer, it's not like you're talking to a total stranger. When I talk to Michael Delzato, I've never met the man in person. Uh, so it's really weird. In your position, you know, Brett Gallant is one example of a guy that's been there for a while, but there are so many players that have not been there before and, and you're trying to get their stories and you're trying to connect with them. And it's got to be much harder to do there. Yeah, it's another funny one. I was going down the elevator to go to the game yesterday and uh, one of our new players that just signed an ATO out of, out of the London Knights uh, program in the OHL, Billy Moskal, was waiting for the elevator. And I, you know, I assumed he he had to be one of our guys and uh, but he's got the mask on and I had to just say, hey, uh, who are you? And, and, and so that's how I met Billy. But uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 just bizarre, Bob. You know, a lot of what, uh, you know, goes into broadcasting the games is having the context of things that are happening with the team. And it's just been more of a challenge this year to get that. But, but again, I think it's a year we're all going to look back on and hopefully learn some things from, and, and uh, uh, we've adjusted, we found a way to get through it this year. And, and we've through technology and, and other things been able to still ge generate the stories and, and get the information we need to get out to our listeners. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely made for some funny, uh, situations and exchanges. And, and that was one for sure yesterday with, with Billy Moskal, I, I was like, uh, trying to figure it out, but with the mask on, you just don't know. So I just had to ask. <laughs> That's all you can do. You don't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, I remember talking to Carson Meyer a number of weeks ago and, um, he was talking about times where you were supposed to have games and then those games got canceled because, you know, maybe the other team had some uh, cases pop up. And how many times did that happen to you guys this year where you were supposed to play, all of a sudden you didn't, and maybe you went two weeks without playing a game? Yeah, there were uh, probably three or four times that that has happened. One of them, uh, we had a day game earlier in the season at Rocky Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, and we found out about an hour before the game, uh, it was a game against Rockford, that that it wasn't happening. So that, so that was certainly a strange situation, you know, uh, trying to notify 
uh, everybody that needs to get that information that the game's not happening. But, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's definitely everybody in the league has dealt with it at this point, a, a time or two, some teams more so than others. But, um, you know, it's, it's just that resiliency and it's that, uh, you know, for the players, it's difficult to mentally prepare to play a game and then be told, you're not playing and you don't know when the next game's going to be. You don't even know when the next practice is going to be because it's all dependent on um, testing and, and all of that stuff. But, you know, I, I just give a lot of credit to the players and the coaching staff because um, being able to be that resilient and uh, being able to um, just bounce back and, and sort of roll with the punches here and, and, and go with the flow. I mean, that's all you can do in the situation. It doesn't mean it isn't frustrating, but I, I think our guys have done a great job with that. It's definitely a situation that's popped up a time or two, but I, but I count ourselves pretty lucky because there are some teams that have been badly affected uh, throughout the season and, and gone, like you said, a week, some, in some cases, two weeks uh, between games. And, you know, especially if you're playing well and generating some momentum uh, with the team, that's, that's not what you want to have happen. So, um, you know, we've been pretty fortunate, but uh, I think a lot of the credit uh, goes to the players and the staff and, and the, uh, you know, uh, the, the support staff and all the guys that, that just sort of, get the players ready. And then if there's a game we can play, and if not, uh, you know, you just, you just have to wait and, and you have to, you know, see when, when the situation allows for, for the game to happen. So um, yeah, monsters have, have been pretty lucky with that situation. Luckily this year, although it has popped up a time or two. Well, I know after spending 10 years in that league, one of the most frustrating things is, uh, and I was in the same situation as you where the blue jackets would call up players Mm -hmm. And then they would healthy scratch them and they wouldn't play. And they would be players that could help you tremendously in the American Hockey League. This year, that has been taken up a notch because of these taxi squads. There are players that have been with the Blue Jackets, with the Blue Jackets all year long on a taxi squad, maybe haven't even played in a game in the National Hockey League, but they're not playing in games in the American Hockey League either. And those are the guys that, again, are impact players in the American Hockey League and you would much rather have them there. How frustrating has that been? Not that you can do anything about it, and every team's in the same situation. Maybe there's three, four guys they would have that they don't have, but um, how frustrating has that been, knowing that there are guys that aren't even playing games, that if they were playing games for you, you'd be even an even better team? Yeah, you know, it is true. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, a guy like Adam Clendenning is the first guy that pops into my head when I, when I think of that situation. I mean, he was our leading scorer last year. He was an all-star for the Monsters, a huge part of uh, everything the team does at, in all situations. I mean, he, he just plays huge minutes for the Monsters. So you see a guy like that uh, on the taxi squad all year, and you, you wish he could come down and play a few games for Cleveland. But at the same time, like you said, that's just how it is this, this year. But um, yeah, there's no question about it. The league would be different. The Monsters uh, would be a different team this year if guys like, you know, Clen Denning, Nathan Gerby, you know, even Zach Dalpy, the Monsters captain this year, who's been up with you guys, uh, Cole Sherwood, uh, Gavin Bayruth or Andrew Pete, you know, list goes on. There's tons of guys um, uh, that have been in that situation this year. But, you know, you feel happy for the players, of course, to, to, to be up at the next level where they want to be. And, and even if it's on the taxi squad, it's a great situation for them. Um, to, to be in Columbus and, and uh, but, but yeah, I mean, there's just no denying Bob that uh, having those guys in the lineup on a night to night basis would certainly uh, help the monsters at this level, help any team in, in the AHL, but it's just another thing that uh, informs the situation we're in and, and you just have to deal with it. And uh, you know, that what I like about it is, is it, it looks like this season uh, serves as a great opportunity for 
um, teams to get a look at, at uh, a closer look and a, and a more broad look at their AHL contracted players at maybe the college free agents that they've signed at the end of the college year, the ATO guys. Um, it, it's a chance for those guys to play, not just to crack the lineup, but to play meaningful roles and, and to grow a little bit. So it's kind of the other side of the coin. And, and in a year in which you don't have the playoffs and you don't have the Calder Cup being rewarded, I think it's pretty valuable to get a look at all those other players, uh, uh, you know, in prominent roles in the lineup, whether it be at five on five on the power play situations where they wouldn't necessarily play if the monsters had their full complement of uh, players, like you said, that have been on the taxi squad. All right. Like a true professional, you have led me right to the next point because <laughs> Tyler angle is a guy that falls into that conversation. This guy's a seventh round pick. He's been tearing it up. Uh, and he's a guy that's on the radar now. And maybe because there are some opportunities that may not have been there in a regular year. Tell me about Tyler angle, what you've seen from him, what has made him so special for the Cleveland monsters this year? Yeah, it's been a big storyline for the monsters this year, for sure. Uh, he showed up. Uh, I remember we were on the road in Chicago and the wolves. Here's another wrinkle for you, Bob. The wolves are playing out of their practice rink this year. Uh, so that's a whole other thing trying to get up for a game in a practice rink but uh, uh that was i remember tyler angle's first games of the year back in early march and he uh i mean he really set the tone he scored a goal on not just his first professional shift but on his first professional shot on net uh and that sort of set him on a path and, and he's been a little bit better than a point per game player uh all season long he, he really in, in recent weeks has had tremendous chemistry with liam foodie those two have just been fantastic together and and uh, yeah, Tyler Angle's been great. I remember the first time uh, I got a look at him was up at the Traverse City Rookie Tournament a couple of years ago. Um, good player, but but yeah, he's he's taken full advantage of this opportunity here in Cleveland. Remember, he's a guy that would have still been in the OHL uh, if not for for COVID. So um, a great story there for him to take this chance and and uh, he's just thriving at, at this level, playing a confident uh, game. And he was asked the other day in one of our press conferences. Uh, did you expect to have this good a start? And uh, I, I was, uh, I liked his answer. He said, you know, uh, maybe you don't expect it, but it, it's not surprising uh, to him based on all the work he put in, in the off season. So uh, he's been great. He's just been really productive for the monsters and, and another guy in that situation that sort of uh, took this chance with Cleveland this year that earned the opportunity at the next level uh, is, is Carson Meyer. I mean, he's, he's uh, been fantastic also this year, just really consistent and uh, really settled into both those guys, settled into a nice role in Cleveland. And, and uh, it's been fun to watch him play. I think they've got, uh, I'm, knowing that I'm, I'm not the only person that thinks this, but I think they got some really bright futures, those two guys, because, um, you know, they, they had a goal at the start of the year and they've earned that contract at the next level, which is what they wanted. And, and it's uh, been really cool to watch them, like I said, seize the opportunity here at this, uh, this level this year. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up Carson because, you know, here's a guy that is from Columbus and, you know, he ends up playing at Ohio State and then they they don't give him the NHL contract. He just gets the American Hockey League contract. And uh, like I said, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago and, and you could just tell he was really positive about everything. And and that's what it is. I don't think people understand that how successful you are in the American Hockey League has to do with your mindset about playing in the American Hockey League. And, and Carson Meyer could have sulked and pouted and said, man, I'm from Columbus and I, and I get this opportunity. Now they don't even give me an NHL deal and I got to take this AHL deal. They want me to prove myself. Oh, woe is me. He didn't do that. He just went there and he proved himself. And, and again, Tony, you see it all the time. There are guys that I've seen guys that get a call up to the National Hockey League because they're playing really well. And 
and, and maybe they're overachieving. Maybe they're just reaching the potential that they have. Either way, they get called up. They play a game or two, a couple of games. Maybe they get put in a situation they didn't think was fair and that they couldn't showcase their talents. And they get sent back down. And some of them just go right back to where they were and they continue to put up their numbers. And other guys are mad and they feel sorry for themselves. And I got screwed and I, there should be a way to correct this. And they go in the tank and they go in the tank for, I don't know, weeks, months. I, I've, seen, I've seen guys that have gotten a chance in the NHL and they've never gotten another chance because when they came back, they didn't put it together the right way. So, you know, again, you've dealt with it for a long time. Tell us about that mindset of a player. And I'm sure you've been doing it long enough that as soon as the guy comes back, you're like, this guy screwed himself. He's not going anywhere. Or, oh, my gosh, I thought we were going to get, you know, big goals out of this guy this week. He's going to be garbage because he's just not set. Yeah, you know, I think one element of that situation, I absolutely, you know, you, you see that with guys, no, no doubt about it. I'm with you, Bob. But one, one element there is it sort of depends on the situation in the American Hockey League. Uh, there's, in some places, a huge gap between what life is like in the NHL and what life is like in the AHL. And the good news is in Cleveland, um, you know, the arena is, is, you know, a major league arena. We, we play for anybody that isn't aware at, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse downtown where the Cavaliers play. Um, you know, and it's a big city and, and there are some things that make life uh, in Cleveland a little different maybe than life in, in certain other places in, in the American Hockey League. So um, that helps with that a little bit. But yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Guys want to be in the NHL and, and that's the whole point of, of uh, uh, the AHL is to get them there. So when they come down and it's maybe like you said, a situation where they didn't agree or, or you know, are discouraged by that assignment to, to the minors. Yeah, that's just not the that's just not the attitude you want to have if you want to get back because um, you know it's a great opportunity, especially for guys that are sort of in between that are maybe on the outside looking in and of the lineup at the NHL level. It's an opportunity to come down and, and play and to uh, dominate in in certain cases. And so a recent example like Liam Foodie's been with the Monsters for the past couple of weeks before he was just called back up and there's a guy that just really uh, took full advantage of the opportunity to play in Cleveland. He's playing huge minutes. He's playing killing penalties on the power plays. He's, he's using all of his uh, skills to really set himself apart at this level. And what happened a couple of weeks later after a, you know, great stretch of production, he's back up with the blue jackets where he wants to be. So, um, you know, the AHL is, is a great, it, it can be very useful to players and, and uh, the players that recognize that and, and take advantage of the chance or the players that get the most out of their time in the American league. Yeah. And that's a great point you make about what city you're going to, because in the 10 years I did it, I was in Syracuse uh, getting sent to Syracuse and getting sent to Cleveland are quite different situations. <laughs> there, there are several cities like that, uh, but there's uh, you know, it, it's a great league and no matter where you are, it's, it's, it's good to be, but yeah, Cleveland's a, a great town, Bobby. And I, I certainly love being here. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, look to go to a Syracuse Orange basketball game or go to a Cavaliers game. Let's let's be honest. I mean, you, Listen, there are I, I options. Graduated, I graduated from SU, so I, I know, I, I know. But personally, I love being there. But uh, no, I, I I do too. But you know, <laughs> but if you could have went to school in Cleveland and, and <laughs> gotten the same experience, say no more. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, the, the, the American League is just, uh, it's a great point you made because it is all about attitude. That's one of the, that's one of the top things that factor into how a player, whether a player is going to succeed at, at this level is whether or not they can embrace really 
it's an opportunity, whether or not they can embrace that chance and, and uh, to, to get back where they want to be. And, and that's, uh, that's really what determines who's, who's where at the end of the day is, is attitude, in my experience. And that's why coaching is so important. Um, you know, coaches, I talk to John Tortorella about this all the time. I think coaching in the National Hockey League has almost uh, morphed into a baseball manager's job. And what I mean is you manage the media. You're the face. You're, you're doing the press conferences. When it comes to the players, the X's and O's, you can leave that to other people, a lot of it anyway, because what you're doing is managing personalities. You're trying to take care of this guy and that guy because today's athlete is, you know, it, it's not one size fits all like it used to be once upon a time. In the American Hockey League, that's even more important because of those situations that we're talking about. And how can you get to a player and how can you make sure that he is in the right frame of mind? And I would think that Mike Eves is a perfect kind of guy for that because of all of his experiences and, and just what he brings to the table. Yeah, he's he's been uh, just great to work with. Um, you know, the thing that you hear from all the players and that we heard last year as he was heading into his first season with the Monsters uh, as head coach was that he cares about you. He cares about you as a person uh, in addition uh, to as a player. And, and so that's so important. You have to know each guy's situation, like you said, and kind of put the puzzle pieces together. Um, and, and he's been great. And I, and I also want to shout out his assistant coaches, Steve McCarthy and, and Trent Vogelhuber, both guys who had uh, good, you know, really good long playing careers and, and uh, have some stability. They've been in Cleveland for a few years now and actually worked with now a couple of different head coaches uh, with this team. They just do a great job of, of giving the, the players what they need uh, on and off the ice, but also uh, in terms of instruction, but also support. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's an individual thing now. Every player has their own situation. Every player has their own needs. And, and Ever and his staff have just done a phenomenal job uh, at this level of putting everybody in not only the right position, but the right mindset to succeed, um, given their individual position within the organization. So it's been great to work with those guys. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it really does make a huge difference uh, who, is, who is considering all the factors when they're making the decisions for these players. And uh, those guys have been fantastic. All right. One more guy I want to ask you about. He's only been there for a short time, but Daniil Tarasov is in North America. Yeah. And the Blue Jackets already have a goaltending situation with Jonas Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens. I don't know how that whole thing's going to work out, but I do know from people I've talked to that Tarasov is supposed to be the real deal as well. Maybe he's the best of the three. I don't know. I haven't seen him play. You have. What say you, Tony Brown? What's been your first impression of Daniil Tarasov? Well, first first impression is just he's big. He's a he's a big guy in the net there. Uh, what six foot five and. He moves really well. He, he looks really confident. Uh, that that has struck me. Of course, he's coming off uh, you know a great year in the KHL, and he's played uh, what in Finland in the past. So he's been around big time hockey before um, at this level and, and excelled. And he's excelling with the Monsters or had before he went up to the Jackets. Uh, just uh, a, a really um, you know you know maybe there are some things that he's he's working on or adjusting maybe uh, to the North American game. That's the big thing with guys coming over from Europe. It's just a new league, a new style, and and the difference between the AHL and the NHL is, is, you know, significant and all that stuff. But uh, in the small sample size we've seen in Cleveland, what four, four appearances or so um, just, he, he's looked absolutely like the real thing and uh, several uh, highlight real saves. Uh, but in addition, he, he's just putting forth, uh, um, you know, a pretty polished game, I, I think for a guy just making the transition. And um, he, he's been great. We've enjoyed him. The fans in Cleveland have, have enjoyed him for sure. And, uh, bright, bright future ahead for him. But yeah, Bob, the first thing you notice, he's big. Definitely. 
And I know you're hoping maybe secretly that, it, that they'll feel that it takes another full year of development in the American league for him next year. Not my, uh, not my uh, place to weigh in on that, uh, Bob, but definitely uh, if, if he was playing in Cleveland, I know the fans would be really excited to see him. That's for sure. Yeah. Come on, Tony. I would just say, <laughs> I, I know, I know it like I, here, let me just clear it up for you. I hope you never see him again. I there hope you go. <laughs> there you go. No, it's great. I, I mean, I, I love it's it's just uh, it's fun to see guys in Cleveland that have contributed in big ways, then go up and like, you know, Jonas Corpusal is a great example of that. I mean, he was he was awesome for the monsters in his time here. And, and it was one of those things like you, you just know you're not going to see him again. And uh, that's a good feeling, not a bad feeling. So that's how I feel about all these uh, all these players is is the whole point of them being in Cleveland is to get to Columbus. So when that happens, that's the most gratifying thing of all. Even though all that's true, that's a very politically correct answer right there. And I can tell you went to Syracuse right there, just for that answer. <laughs> oh, well, I guess, I'll, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> all right. Hey, you guys got a, uh, you got a new radio deal this year. So I want mm -hmm. you to tell the Blue Jackets fans that maybe haven't uh, tuned into a, a Monsters broadcast, where they can find you, where they can pick up your broadcast, where you're playing this or when you're playing this weekend, because Again, with the Tyler Angles and, and and maybe some other names that haven't even hit the radar yet. Carson Meyer, of course, you talked about. But, you know, where can the fans find your games, Tony, and, and hear about the up-and-coming Blue Jackets? Yeah, uh, but before we get to the radio stuff, just want to toss out two more notes. Uh, uh, Oli Bjergvik Holm, young defenseman, uh, came over at age 18. He's been looking fantastic. So if uh, Columbus fans want to get a peek at, at him or Jake Christensen's another player on an NHL contract with Columbus who's just – really thriving with the monsters right now. Those are guys to watch for. Uh, and if you want to hear the games, of course, uh, uh, like you said, new radio deal this year for the monsters, it's Fox sports, 1350, the gambler. So you can, uh, you know, uh, use the iHeartRadio radio app and, and find the station that way. And then of course, if fans want to watch the game too, they can do it uh, via the AHL streaming platform, AHL TV. So they go to the AHL.com slash AHL TV and, uh, and watch the games. It's, it's been a great season with a lot of uh, young players in the organization getting their feet wet at the pro level. So Blue Jackets fans have uh, certainly a lot of different guys to watch if they're tuning into the Monsters game. And we hope we hope they do. We'll be uh, on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, at, at Texas and then Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern capping off this three game trip to Austin. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, see some of uh, Blue Jackets fans uh, on the air there. See how long it's been since I've been in the American League. I forgot all about the live streaming. I mean, that wasn't even <laughs> that wasn't even a thought. Well, it was a thought, but there was no chance of pulling that off when I used to be there. Yeah, it's AHL TV is pretty slick, Bob. You should check it out. It's uh, you can clip highlights right there in the app. It's pretty awesome. Wow. All right. Well, yeah. Sunday night. I got nothing to do Sunday night. I've got something to do Saturday night, but not yes, on Sunday do. night, Tony. And when <laughs> when is the uh, when is the season over for the Monsters? Uh, so we'll wrap up uh, after we return home following this road trip. It's just five games left on the calendar and uh, we'll wrap up on the 15th of May. And of course, with the announcement, like you mentioned earlier, no playoffs. So that's it. 15th of May. Uh, and that's the end of the season. And you start getting ready for uh, next September, October and, and uh, a return to normalcy. We hope. Yes, we do hope. And Blue Jackets fans, keep in mind, 15th of May. That's an extra week after the National Hockey League season ends. So if you don't catch Tony this weekend, uh, you still have a chance to listen to him and check out some of the Blue Jackets prospects for another week, even after the Blue Jackets are done. Tony, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Enjoy your stay in Austin. Uh, go out and do what the players can't do, which is whatever you want. 
Sounds good, Bob. It's a, it's been great to be with you. Thanks so much for the invitation and uh, great to talk about this great relationship between the Monsters and the Blue Jackets. It's really been a terrific affiliation. That is Tony Brown traveling with the Monsters in Austin, Texas. I really appreciate him getting us up to speed on the guys in Cleveland, especially Tyler Angle. His name has popped up a lot here. Popped up a lot. Got to get an angle on this guy. I know that's a weak one. I'll get better when he gets here. I'll come up with some new ones when he gets here. Uh, And I say when, because right now he's really making that push, right? He is making a push to have an opportunity in training camp next year. So we'll see what happens uh, with him and Daniil Tarasov and Carson Meyer and everybody else uh, that Tony just talked with us about. Again, the Blue Jackets are back on the ice tomorrow night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Final road game of the year. 7 o'clock face-off. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 on both the Blue Jackets radio network, where you can find me, and on Valley Sports Ohio. You can watch it. So it'll be interesting to see how the Blue Jackets match up against the Hurricanes, and then they come home for the final four games of the year, two against Nashville, two against Detroit, to wind it out next week. So we are heading down the home stretch. And I'm not happy about that. I wish the home stretch in the regular season just meant the push off to the playoffs. But that's not the way it is this year. So uh, we'll just continue to watch players develop individually uh, and as a team and see what gives here in the final week of the regular season. That's going to do it for today's edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.